When your business model relies on being able to appeal to multiple groups of people, it makes sense to avoid certain labels. And let's be honest, nobody likes being labeled in the first place. YouTuber Tim Pool has spent his career avoiding labels. Lately, he's taken this to a new level. Pool is not an anti-vaxxer, not a Trump supporter, not a 2020 election denier, and definitely not a Civil War 2.0 promoter. He's just asking questions and amplifying talking points from people who do support these ideas. What he has learned is that once you take a stand on something, you can be defined by that stance forever. Instead, Poole's passive-aggressive approach allows him to maintain his facade of impartiality while he gets rich and others suffer the consequences of the rhetoric that he doesn't support. I'm Griff Somke. And I'm Jay McKenzie. And this is the Did Nothing Wrong Podcast. Welcome to the Did Nothing Wrong Podcast. I'm Griff Somke, and with me is Jay McKenzie. Today, we will be talking about a man who defies labels. If you label him, he might threaten to sue you. His name is Tim Poole, and he says he's a leftist, that he isn't a right-winger, and that calling him a right-winger isn't fair. So, is it fair to call Tim Poole a right-winger these days? By any reasonable estimation, other than what Tim says, he is right-wing. Pretty much everything about him is right-wing, including his guests. I mean, you can go through the list and it's pretty much everyone you've either not heard of because they're fairly obscure, but the ones you have heard of are all right wing um, from human events, from Breitbart, from Infowars. Yeah, it's all right wing. He's getting advertising money because of some sort of obscure relationship with Sean Hannity's personal site. The other people that are getting ads from that account are Charlie Kirk and Human Events, which most people probably haven't heard of, but is just full of, you know, MAGA people who work with Will Chamberlain and senior editor Jack Posobiec. Yeah, and closely associated with TPUSA, Charlie Kirk's operation and the Post Millennial, which is a I think it's Canadian, at least yeah, they're they say Canadian. they're Canadian, but they It's a Canadian clickbait farm that mostly talks about american politics because it's better for clickbait purposes senior editor andy no is he still there i can't he may have left but i know at one point he was listed as a senior editor on that website yeah he may still be there i don't know he's also doing his own thing and a lot of these people branch out with their own websites. I know I kind of forgot about it a bit when I was writing this. Cassandra Fairbanks had her own website for a little while, which was called District Herald. Which honestly, yeah, the District Herald that was her thing, and I don't know that she's still doing it. She's she's not. The site is uh, not online, and the Twitter account hasn't posted in years. So I think right. she stopped around the time Tim hired her, or maybe. I don't know that she ever stopped posting for Gateway Pundit or some of these other sites, but once she got hired by Tim's site, she definitely was done with it. I just, I, I laugh at that one because um, it just sounds like something the Russian troll farm would have come up with. It's so, so generic that of course, of course the lady who worked for Sputnik for Russian TV chooses District Herald. I think a lot of people on the left, when they think of Tim Pool, they think of Occupy. Because that's where he kind of first came on to the, the public consciousness, as it were, doing 
the live dispatches from the Occupy movement. And so for a lot of people, he's still sort of riding the branding and the credibility that he acquired when he was doing that. I wonder if they found the people that were very idealistic in 2011. Like a lot of people went down to the Occupy protests, at least here, because it was different. It was something that nobody had really seen before at this age of like people all of a sudden camped out in city parks in Seattle. It was downtown in the Westlake district, like right downtown main shopping district. They took over a park and you know, people were camped out there for months. And I think a lot of people that were, you know, somewhat idealistic ended up down there kind of to check it out, to see what was going on because it was this new thing and this new way to look at things that a lot of people hadn't heard before. And I think over time, some of these people became far less idealistic. The people who stuck with it all of a sudden, maybe you were an idealist in 2011, but by 2016, not anymore. You were definitely made up your mind kind of where you stand, whether you're prepared to come out and admit that or not is a different story. But I think that that's about where it ended up for a lot of these people. It's interesting reading the daily beast long profile that they did of pool last year and basically everything that they could put together biographically and his career and the stuff that doesn't match up and doesn't make a lot of sense. There were definitely some, some holes in it, but one of the things that they, you know, they just couldn't find um, proof one way or another for a lot of things that he said. But one of the things they talked about was Occupy and that at least the people who knew him then uh, seemed to say that he was very much in it for himself and right. very much, um, kind of trying to co-opt things for his own, for his own benefit. And, you know, and maybe he did end up there because he really believed those things, like you said, and maybe, maybe it is easier to go after people who were idealists, but you find the idealist who's also kind of vain. And uh, yes, (laughs) idealist with an ego problem who can be convinced that by going out there and doing what you're doing, you're going to earn while you save the world. Sure. And maybe it's just inertia. Maybe he just like we've talked about, he just kept posting and he kept going and everyone really liked the idea of this right winger who says he's left wing and just so happens to agree with us all the time. And so let's right. keep, keep boosting him and make sure he's, he's on side and he, he knows what he can talk about and what he can't talk about. And maybe, maybe it just, you know, balloons all on its own. Keep it up kid. And in five years, you'll be Glenn Greenwald, you know, I mean, have a sub stack where you make a whole ton of money and potentially huge media voice and you can talk about how how much of a leftist you are and you can talk about that on the tucker carlson show yeah yeah and we do i don't think pool has actually gone on tucker as far as i know but he has made several fox news appearances right uh, because again they're that's who will have him and there's stuff with him and joe rogan and alex jones and once you once you start adding together all these appearances and all these guests it's really just kind of laughable to say he's anything other than right wing but it's part of the brand and it's what he thinks you know is best for uh for tim pool for tim pool yeah it's what's best for tim pool so that's what he's doing so with all that said why can't tim pool just come out and say that he's a trump supporter i think part of it is that trump supporters can be canceled it's it's very easy to (laughs) be in the media be on the left and you know say oh 
this is a Trump supporter and this is all the harm that he's causing. So I think, I think part of it, yeah, is he, he doesn't want to be canceled, but it's also, I think he's at least trying to make inroads with a different type of person, somebody who doesn't come out and just love Trump or necessarily agree with Trump or even consider themselves right wing. I think he wants to be like an entry point for people that may think they're on the left or maybe they're just not all that political or maybe they're vaguely turned off by Trump or something the right has done, but they're not really sure about politics, where they stand, all these things. So you get a guy who is a left winger who just happens to talk to all these right-wing people. He, d- he doesn't even necessarily introduce these people as right-wingers. It's just, here's my guest, and we're going to talk now, right? It's it's very informal and very... Right. If you know who he, you know, if you know who Larry Elder is, then okay, we're talking to Larry Elder. And if you don't, then it's just this guy that's on leftist Tim Pool's show. And once you get people listening and, hey, when, when you're not challenged on these arguments, it sounds really good. It sounds right. It sounds like this guy really knows what's going on in the world. And, and so you do, you do pull people in that otherwise I think just wouldn't, wouldn't listen. Because if you're, if you're already a Trump supporter and you're already on the right, there's plenty of people you can go to, right? There's, you can go see if you're more, you know, focused on like the, the Christian aspect of it, then start with Ben Shapiro. Or if you're, you know, more angry and, and fed up, then let's go listen to Tucker Carlson. I mean, there are, there are a hundred different variations on MAGA. Right. It's a big tent movement to some extent, and they've definitely figured out how to appeal to a whole lot of people. And it seems like Tim Pool is definitely part of that effort of like let's appeal to people who may think that their politics are vaguely left and in a lot of cases it's because they haven't thought about it all that hard in a while but they listen to joe rogan because they think joe rogan's great and then they hear tim pool on joe rogan and they think oh man i'm gonna check this guy's show out now so they check out the tim pool show and that's where they hear larry elder jack Posobiec, enrique tario all of these other wonderful people that tim pool gives a platform to and they just love America, right? Right? These are these aren't they you know, being being a Trump supporter is not what defines them. They're just they're just people who love America and they're they're tired of the, the mainstream consensus and they're just just trying to, you know, do what's right for them and theirs and their family and, and the world and gosh, they just get all this hate for it and it's must be because the left has lost its mind. It, it, and that's that's the main kind of the main draw is is the well, it's it's not that I, I don't want to agree with Trump. I don't I don't you know Trump Trump. I I proudly voted for him, but I don't I don't support him because he does some things. But gosh, the left is just worse. I mean, the left is just crazy, and you won't believe what they did this time, and it's pushing us towards civil war. And I have to support Trump as a result. I have to support Trump because the left is so crazy. Yeah. And, and there is, apparently there's a pretty big audience for that. Maybe he, maybe those billboards in Times Square, he thinks there's a, an untapped market. Part of me thinks uh, he puts a, those billboards up in Times Square just as a flex or just to, just to piss people off, really. Or because it keeps him being talked about. I mean, it, it, it's like, oh my God, Wacky Tim Pool put a billboard up in Times Square. Why would he possibly do that? Doesn't he know that New York is like this liberal oasis. Why would anybody waste their money on this kind of thing? And the other thing is that Times Square gets a lot of tourists. It's uh, definitely a place that a lot of people want to see when they come to New York City on vacation. And 
they see a billboard for the Tim Pool show, that sort of probably gives them more of a, a sense of how big this guy supposedly is. It's a way to make yourself look significantly bigger than you are. It's like advertising during the Super Bowl, I think, is the sort of analog to that because you're saying, hey, I'm a serious person. I'm a serious company. I have serious money that it took to buy this slot. You should take me seriously. And if the last thing you are is a serious person, but you're kind of trying to pretend to be one, then this might not be a bad way to to put that impression out there that you actually are a serious person. Well, it's kind of like what we talked about with the Daily Mail, because there is a, a difference in perception in the UK compared to the US. So if you're from another country and you come into New York and you see these billboards, you may have no idea who Tim Pool is and you may not understand the, the media ecosystem in the US really at all. And, and it may just be something that, you know, wherever you're from, they occasionally comment on it, but you don't know the ins and outs. So right. you don't have any idea whether or not this guy is right wing, left wing, what he believes, whatever. But hey, if you, you check him out and you draw your own conclusions from it, well, then that's just a untapped market. And, and really, what does he care? He He's really just interested in views because, you know, views mean ads and ads mean money. And you know, whether you're American or from, you know, Africa, Middle East, Europe, you know, Asia, it, it just, it doesn't matter to him. Just look at the videos. So right. that's probably part of it too. And it's a massive write-off either way. And I'm sure he knows that and needs all the write-offs he can get at this point in his life. Yeah. So based on what you've written here, Poole is advancing all sorts of extremist opinions and talking points, but he's not actually endorsing them, right? Or if he does endorse them, he just walks the endorsement back just enough to create some doubt. So why is Poole so afraid of labels? Yeah, I mean, this is definitely what he's doing. You see him post so many times on Twitter, just civil war, just the word civil war, whether it's just the, the two words in tweet or a quote tweet or, you know, with an article attached, whatever it is, it's just civil war. He's not saying he wants one or that, you know, whether it's here or not here, he does occasionally talk in, in more detail on his show, but it really, it's just civil war. We have to talk about it, but he doesn't, he doesn't say, oh, I want it to happen. If, if he does mention it, it's, it's, well, it's inevitable or it's already happened. So we have right. to talk about it by not actually taking a stance. You can't call him pro-civil war, right? Yeah, that, because that <laughs> wouldn't be honest or calling him a secessionist. Well, he's not, he's not saying he's he never actually advocated for any of these things. Right, right. You know, he just he amplifies all of this content that is polarizing and divisive and unhelpful to the national discourse, but very clickbaity and people pay attention because fear works, right? Especially on the right uh, by the not right winger. But he he does not support this. He does not support Trump, even though he voted for him. Uh, his viewers are not Trump supporters, even though basically every guest or nearly every guest he has on is a Trump supporter. He's he's not anti-vaccine, even though he repeatedly says, what was the point of vaccines? Because if you, once once you're labeled that, once you are those things, right, there is there's automatically a group of people who say, OK, you are for this thing or against this thing and it's bad. And there is a moral imperative to do something about it, to stop you, to demonetize you. And he doesn't want that. He doesn't want to be canceled. He doesn't want to be labeled. He doesn't want to you know, fall into a trap of, you know, getting kicked off social media or losing various advertisers or access to PayPal or wallets or whatever. 
And he's seen what's happened to the people that have been successfully deplatformed. It's just not generally great for anybody. I mean, you look at a guy like Nick Fuentes as an example of how much more difficult things get when you can't be on YouTube and when you can't, you have to go to BitChute. You can't be on PayPal. You have to go to Give, Send, Go. Yeah, you look at guys like like Milo, right? At first, when he got kicked off Twitter in 2016 it was a cool thing right he thought it was it was he really seemed to think it was pretty badass like oh they they censored me and it and he got a lot of that initial coverage of oh the censored milo the the person that they didn't want you to listen to he did get extra attention for a little while but by you know within within a year or two milo was he was losing his website. He kept talking about how broke he was. He kept talking about how much his his life had gone downhill. And these guys do love to play the victim, right? They do love to sure. play it up and, you know, go solicit more donations. Alex Jones has honestly made more money since he's been semi-canceled than, than he used to because it's that constant, like, they, they want to destroy me and they want to take me down. But at the end of the day, the difference there was Alex Jones kept doing his show he kept finding other places to put his news out uh with and he, he kept finding different platforms so eventually people were getting his stuff or they could go find him and he had enough of a built-in base that just watched or listened to Infowars that they went and found him but milo was so much of milo was twitter and breitbart and those mm -hmm. got taken away and there wasn't enough reach for him to just be Milo out in the world. People got smarter about how they covered him and, and there was just enough opposition to him showing up, you know, to give speeches and at events that, okay, there's, you get some publicity from showing up, but you also have to get paid for the engagement, right? You have to actually go through with it. So people, ha you know, journalists have something to write on other than you got canceled or they wouldn't let you speak. And there was that initial, yeah, look at me. This is great. I'm going to, Milo got banned and they all had a party and they all took pictures with him. Uh, but it, it just didn't last. And, and especially now the game has changed enough that you can't, you just can't exist in, in the shadows. I think like, um, if, if you want to be the provocateur, if you want to be the guy that people talked about, just existing isn't enough. You, you got to be churning out content. And to churn out that content, you can't be banned everywhere. So Poole is making good money. He's he's a multimillionaire now. He's he's doing just fine with minimal effort. But it's not it's not clear that if he lost YouTube, if he lost the advertising revenue that he's pulling off of YouTube, that he could keep going or at least keep going in the same way. He'd have to I think probably shrink his operation and change how it works. And obviously the ad revenue on Rumble or some other alternative platform is going to be much less. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is the the not support of, of all these issues and topics that we discuss is it's important because it, it, it prevents more people from aligning against you. It, it makes it harder to say you're bad and the thing that you're doing is bad and and we have to do something about it. The, obviously, there are people out there that know Poole is not helping. He's a bad actor and is one of the ones, you know, driving a wedge between other Americans. But it's not easy to explain that. There's not, it, there's not, a, there's not a few quick terms or a few 
phrases or clips you can play to say, here's the evidence, right? You kind of have to listen to the guy. You kind of have to pay attention. You have to soak it all in. And how many people are really going to do that? And how many people to that are going to be able to do that without, you know, sort of getting sucked in themselves to some extent, which is the whole goal. I mean, he's great with that because he wants you to listen to his show. However, he gets you to listen to his show, whether it's to, you know, to come up with points to debunk him or to listen to what he has to say and take it seriously. I mean, to him, he wants the revenue. He wants the advertisers. And it's where I think he's different than, you know, a guy like, I mean, you talk in the article about Chuck Johnson and Jack Posobiec unable to drop their monikers despite all the times that they've tried one way or another to whitewash their past. I mean... They can't truly reinvent themselves now as a result of all of this. And Tim Pool's not stupid. I mean, he may be low effort. He may be a lot of things, but he's not dumb. And I don't think anybody who follows him for any length of time would say that. But he's not about to get himself tagged like those guys did. Right. Chuck Johnson has gotten pretty desperate at times to remove that Holocaust denier label. Mm-hmm. Anybody writes an article about him and he, he comes out with you know 50 things that you lied about. And he, of course, threatens to sue pretty much everyone that talks about him, or at least he did, because at this point, nobody's really talking about him because, again, he's canceled and he's gone and he's got no content and whatever he's doing out there in the world, it's it's not the thing he was doing five or 10 years ago. But in any case, uh, you know, at one point he did he got desperate enough that uh, Alan Dershowitz and Matt Gates were tweeting about him and saying that, oh, he's not a Holocaust denier. I know him personally. And, and yeah, Chuck did work for Dershowitz, I think, either in college or right after college as, as an intern or, you know, some clerk or some lower level job. But they, they did have some sort of ongoing relationship where later on Chuck posted about one of Epstein's accusers and and he kind of amplified Dershowitz's talking points because Dershowitz was accused of raping the the same girl that Epstein himself was accused of raping. So yeah, I mean, Chuck tried really hard to get people on his side who would say, oh, he's not a Holocaust denier. But it doesn't matter how many times you threaten a lawsuit. There is evidence, there is archived evidence that has appeared all over the internet and has been written about several times about Chuck explicitly denying the Holocaust. He denied how many people died. He denied that the gas chambers existed. So he can he can be mad and he can threaten to sue, but it's not false to call him that. The same thing with Jack Basovic. He can be mad about being called a neo-Nazi collaborator. But we know the guys that he was palling around with. There's pictures sure. of him with, a, with the Clark brothers who posted some just awful, awful tweets about Jews on Twitter that I don't really want to repeat, but it's, it's just neo-Nazi material and, and there's no, there's no way around it. So yes, Jack did some work with some Nazis. So neo-Nazi collaborator, well, I'm sorry that makes you mad, buddy, but it's true. Chuck used to run a website called We Searcher and he had a group of people sort of working for him as researchers, citizen researchers for this, including Patrick Little and Paul Nellen were both associated with this project. And Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, they were told up front when they kind of came into this group that the one book you really had to read to understand what was going on was Culture of Critique by Kevin McDonald, which is one of the more virulently anti-Semitic screeds anybody's written since oh i don't know the protocols if that's your sort of get familiar with our our company's culture read this it, it doesn't really ring true to come out and say that no i'm i'm not a holocaust denier 
when you've got this trail that's following you around like this. Right. And it just doesn't go away. And it's, I remember, I, gosh, I can't, it's been several years now, but Chuck was doing something. I want to say it was 2019 maybe, but it, he was, you know, trying to move on, trying to have a new career. And he got photographed with a member of Congress uh, walking in, I yeah, think in maybe. Airport. And immediately Twitter, Twitter went crazy with what is, you know, what, what is this guy doing with Chuck Johnson, the with Holocaust denier Chuck Johnson? What, what could this possibly be about? And how, how is this acceptable? And do the voters care and all these things? And whether it was justified or not, it, nobody, nobody has to lie to, to make Chuck look bad in that case. They just use his own history, his own mm-hmm. material uh, because it it follows him around and you can you can put on a suit and a tie and smile and say all the right things. But everyone still knows what you've said. And he's written at least one article where he talks about being so frustrated with that. I mean, I've seen his his comments about how he feels about maybe he does feel remorseful that he said these things in his early 20s or whenever it was that he said them. But this is kind of what you mean when you say that. Tim Poole really wants to avoid any kind of label like that that can follow him around through the rest of his career. Right. And is, is Chuck Johnson sorry that he said it because he doesn't actually believe it? Or is he sorry that he said it because it keeps following him around? I'm I'm sure that he's upset. Yeah, you, you do have to question the motives there. <laughs> but yeah, but but Tim Poole is is trying to avoid all of that. And he's not the only one you you see it. I, I watch videos of, you know, various people on the right and Pasobic, especially you'll you'll see him talking about something. And he just kind of pauses. And it's it's not it doesn't seem like he doesn't know what to say. It seems like he knows what he's about to say. And he pauses and thinks, okay, what's what's the better way to say this? Or, or oh shoot, I shouldn't I shouldn't <laughs> phrase it that way. I shouldn't. Oh, that's gonna sound that's gonna that's sound anti-Semitic, or that's gonna sound racist, or that's <laughs> gonna. Oh, I might get canceled over that one. So, you know, he doesn't he doesn't want to lose his privileges. He doesn't want to lose his Twitter account. He's he's gone through and deleted all of his tweets several times over the years because he doesn't want to get canceled or deleted or mass reported or whatever it is. So it's the same thing when he when he puts out those videos and you just see the the pause and like the wheels are turning and then and then he keeps going and because he he knows he knows that he knows what already what baggage he already has and he has to carry around forever and why add to it why make it worse why make it harder I mean, the guy got the guy got fired from OAN right one american right. news and you know that's that's pretty <laughs> You're really scraping at that point. You, you got <laughs> yeah. fired from OAN. And the, the network that do I think they still exist, maybe Barely. on YouTube on paper. But it's the the dip has been very very uh, very fast um, and very steep. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean you you don't want to make it any harder than it already is, and you can that stuff can kind of quickly mushroom and and it can be overwhelming if you, if you let it kind of take over the narrative around who you are. So Poole just doesn't say he supports these things. He, he can, he argues that he doesn't, isn't a Trump supporter, even though he proudly voted for Trump. Right. So does anybody actually buy that? Do you think, do you, do you think anybody actually believes that he's not a Trump supporter at this point? You know, if that person exists, then I I don't know what they look like, I guess. (laughs) 
I guess he doesn't really he doesn't really have to answer the question, right? Because everywhere, everyone he's talking to is friendly, is right wing and friendly, mm-hmm. and they're not going to... They're not going to put him on the record. They're not going to say, first question, do you support Trump, yes or no? Yeah, they're not going to put him on the spot on his own show. And I mean, Joe Rogan is, that's not what he's about either. No. And Fox News is not going <laughs> to, Fox News is not going to try to blow his cover. If anything, they're going to reinforce that, oh, the, the leftist who agrees with us narrative. So if anybody, if anybody believes it, I, they are extremely gullible and should, you know, probably reconsider some life choices. But I just, I don't, I don't think that person even exists. I think they just don't talk about it. And if, if you're, if you're barely paying attention, I mean, and don't really care, then maybe you see it and say, huh, okay, if he says so, but but anyone who's going to buy that for even a second isn't going to dig at all. They're not going to, you know, ponder the question. They just, hey, I like what this guy says on his YouTube channel, so I watch. And and they don't care. And they don't care that he doesn't really talk about it because it's it's not why they're there and it's not why they're listening. They're, I, I I have this image of his of his viewers and supporters is just mostly just angry, um, just just angry at the establishment, angry that that they don't have all the things that they want in life and have convinced themselves that this guy has some of the answers and he doesn't, but apparently it works. Right. Right. And he, he appeals to a certain demographic that may have thought about politics a little bit at one point, but haven't really, you know, low information type voters, I think are really that guy's stock and trade, because if you're pretty up on this stuff, you're generally not listening to Tim Pool. And, and, and watching Tim Pool, I think, does feel vaguely rebellious to some of these people um, and him eschewing labels and, and not taking a stance is maybe it's cool or maybe it's kind of trendy in a way. I- he plays into a lot of people's narratives. I think he manages to be one of the people they talk about that Tim pool is that person that they're talking about when they say the crazy left is pushing moderates where Tim Pool is the moderate in this situation, into the arms of the right. So that's the narrative. Then they have this narrative that's sort of playing itself out in real time, where you have a guy who is the moderate, Tim Pool, who is uh, basically feeding you right-wing talking points, but supposedly because he's so frustrated with the left. He doesn't He doesn't want to be there. The left has just made him be this way. And yeah, they can sell it that way. You see that with Glenn Greenwald and Michael Tracy, too. It's Oh, we, you know, we, we haven't changed. It's just you people have changed. And, oh, this, this corporate censorship and the, and the, the deep state colluding with the mainstream media. And we can do a whole list of, of talking points that they, they put out that are essentially just right wing. But it is that, you know, that way that, uh, Don Jr. can retweet Tim Pool and say, see, ah, I told you. And I've seen him do that with Michael Tracy too. Uh, even, the, even the left is, it knows how crazy this thing is, or even the left knows that they're, they're not, you know, the mainstream media isn't being honest and they're just attacking Trump because they hate Trump and there's no logic to it. They just, they just know they're supposed to hate Trump. And so it, so it works. So they, they keep elevating guys that still claim to be the left and, you can claim to be whatever you want to be. You can apparently claim to proudly vote for Trump and not be a Trump supporter. I mean, you can say whatever you want. It's it's a free country. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, it is it is this 
know, Tucker Carlson has Glenn Greenwald, who, gosh, he's here are all these left wing things that he's done. And and now he's on our side. And gosh, let's just talk about why he agrees with us. Let's let's have Tulsi Gabbard be the be the (laughs) co-host when Tucker's on vacation, because, you know, yeah, she she agrees with us, but it's not because she's right wing. It's not because she it's because she's got common sense. Yeah, it's just she's a smart lady. Let's just. You know, she was a Democrat, but she's a smart lady. She ran for president. These are big things. It's it's like you can you can put together, like I said, a narrative out of the idea of like these are the disaffected moderate liberals that are done with the Democrats and now they're Fox News. But I don't think anyone's really buying it. I don't think there's any way that Tim Pool or Tulsi or any of these people go on a more left wing interview. They wouldn't they wouldn't work with anybody this this side of those people because they are going to get those hard questions that they've spent the last few years avoiding like in a way they're they're just a prop for fox news for tucker carlson for today the role of disaffected leftists will be played by tim pool yeah exactly tim pool is yeah that playing the leftists and the conservative version of an snl skit right like here's here's tim pool the the leftist that we can grudgingly comes over to our side because he has no choice because the left has just lost its mind what can we do about this then? What do we do to deal with guys like him? I think my ideal situation here would be if we all start calling temples not support out, right? If we started saying not Trump supporter temple or not anti-vaxxer temple or not pro-secessionist temple, I think the guy is going to threaten to sue everyone who puts these labels on him because he's he's terrified. And I think it is fear. I think he's afraid of of what happens to him after all these labels get attached and maybe he gets canceled and, you know, he doesn't have the talent to actually go and do something else. Not something that's going to make him anywhere near this amount of money. No, and there's definitely no real good retirement plan for guys like him. No, there's not. But, you know, and, and I understand people being afraid to call him these things because, again, he's going to threaten to sue you and you're going to have a hard time explaining yourself. And maybe you can. It's I think it's pretty straightforward to say, you know, he's anti-vax because you look at how many times he said, what's the point? What's the point? What's what's the point of vaccines? Like, how can you support? And why, why would you even take it? Because it doesn't make any difference. I mean, if you're saying there's no point and it makes no difference, how is that not anti-vax? But still, even even saying that here, even that, even thinking that, you're like, well, is it enough? Is it okay? And and then it's, well, he has enough money to pay for lawyers. Do I have enough money? So part of that is is what keeps people at bay. But okay, let's let's call him the not anti-vaxer. Let's call him the not right. pro-civil war or not secessionist. Let's give the guy who doesn't want a label some labels. Right. I mean, even if it's not a label, he's still going to wear it because this is what he is. This is what he said. This is what he has. to. And everyone who knows what he is, is just can repeat that, can say it, can, you know, thumbs up. Okay. The not Trump supporter, but anyone else who looks at that and like, why did, why does everyone do this with Tim Pool? Why do they say this? Then, okay, Hey, let's have some articles. Let's have a podcast. Let's have people ready who can explain it or if if the person who's curious Googles it and then they find some results. So like, oh, okay, I see what I see what people are doing here. Temple 
is being a little asymmetrical in, in how he's dealing with the information space. So I think the answer to it is also asymmetrical. Right. And I don't think it'll work with everyone, but I think it does work here because, yeah, it's not fair to label someone not what they are, but he is these things. He just doesn't want to admit it. Right. And he said so many times that he's not this and he's not that. Fine. Then you're not that. You get to play by the rules that you set. And the rules that you set are that you are not these things. So therefore, it can't possibly be a problem to tell other people that you are not these things, right? That's what you do on your show. We're simply doing the same thing that you're doing on your show. Yep. It's it's playing by his rules. So why not? Maybe that doesn't make a difference. Maybe we don't get anywhere with that. But it's at least something. And it's a, it, at least something that he doesn't want mm-hmm. and he isn't going to like. Let's look at bad people doing bad things and figure out what they don't like and what they don't want us talking about and what they don't want us calling them. And if it's true, if it's real, then let's do it. Yeah. Because fuck them. Fuck them all day. Thanks for listening to the did nothing wrong podcast. If you want to hear more, you can go to did nothing wrong You can also follow us on Twitter at James, the word four and the letter M all one word and Grizza BJJ, G R Z A BJJ, as well as DNW Pod. Thanks for listening, and remember, everyone mentioned did nothing wrong.